Welcome to another episode of Sports Matters, and I'm Kevin Drake along with Matt Burt. I mean, we got so much going on in the sporting worlds, and I know we're in mourning this morning as well. Oh, gosh, yeah. You know, let's just jump right into it. Got the Anaheim Ducks. Oh, you know what? You have to look back, and it was a great season that they had. No, it really was. You know, and they really played well. This actually was a great series. I mean, I was just, you know, you're glued to the television set until from start to finish, or you're listening to it on the radio, but I was hanging on the edge of my seat in anticipation. Oh, I know. It was a great series. You know, both the, yeah. the fans were into it, especially them. The, the fans in Nashville were unbelievable. They they showed up they in numbers, and they were throwing, you know, skinned ducks on the ice and all the catfish on the ice. They were, they were having a blast, and you know, listening country music after they score goals. A little Tim McGraw. <laughs> what is it? The, it? Which team is it? is it? Is it the Red Wings? You know, when they get a hat trick, they throw they, uh, their octopus. octopus yeah, it's yeah. the Red Wings. Yeah. How it's do you how do you sneak one of those in? Like, no, no one's not going to smell you when you're in the arena. <laughs> no. You're the one that's carrying the octopus, <laughs> and you have to wait till someone gets a hat trick. And what if someone doesn't get the hat well, trick? You know what? You got to be friends <laughs> with the security guard. You know, you slip him with twenty. I'm like, I'm bringing this catfish in. But you know what? Two words on why the Ducks lost the series. Pekka Rene. I couldn't agree more. I we mean, went into it saying oh, that he was the best goaltender. And we he knew proved that. But well, I tell you what, Gibson was playing out of his mind, and he was—he really raised the level of his play, and especially in the Western Conference Finals. It just it was a bummer in Game Five when he went out after the first period. You're like, what happened to him? It's just a tall order because you know it's always the next guy up. You know, you lose a, a wing player, next guy up. You know, does his job, or you lose the center, next guy up. But there's such a, a huge gap when you put a, the starting goalie uh, to the backup goalie, yeah. especially you know, I, I'm, I'm not knocking Boudreaux. I think he did a great job for what what Bernier. he was. Excuse me, Bernier. Bernier. How, how am I getting Boudreaux? Wait, that's the coach. Oh, oh. That's the coach. Bruce Boudreaux. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Bernier you know Boudreaux. I got to get my bees right here. You also lose your your top goal scorer during the regular season. Yes. in Ricard Raquel. That's that's yeah. tough to overcome. And then you also lose, you know. Uh, Patrick Ease, the guy that has been doing such a good job. You lose two good wingers in, in the Ducks. That's That was their weakness the entire season was the wings. And you lose two guys to injuries. It's really tough to overcome that. But you know what? I think they did a fantastic job. They fought job. hard. They fought hard. I mean, you saw some unbelievable hockey games from this team this season, especially in the, the previous series when they came back with three goals in three minutes. Like, that shows you the kind of character that they have. And do you know what? They're not – I like, people are like, this might be the last run for the Ducks. No. No, it's not. No. no. They got, a, you know, some wily veterans who want to come back. They're scrappy. And they got some great rookies. And plus, they just signed that 19-year-old kid from their uh, AAA hockey team or their minor league hockey team. The, so he, The Seagulls. <laughs> San Diego Seagulls. Yes. Yeah. So, we'll see how it goes for them. But you know what? I kind of liked it that they got this far and lost to Nashville because I, I kind of like Nashville. That's the thing is, like, if we lost to the Blackhawks, I'd be kind of a lot more angry and be like, oh, God, we lost to them again. But because we lost to the Predators and they've never been there and they've never had this kind of success before, it's kind of like, all right, you know. Maybe it eases the it pain. It eases the pain a little bit. And you know what? I like the Predators. I like them. No, they're, they're, they're a really good team. And that Peke Rene just reminds me a lot of uh, Jaguar. Oh, he's so good. And you know what? I Philip Forsberg is, is 20. 20 years old, 22 years old, actually. Sorry, I was thinking of Connor McDavid, but <laughs> 22 years old, and he scored in games one through four. 
So he scored in four games. Like, that's really tough to do. They have such an amazing team. They're very good. Like, P.K. Subban is unbelievable. Yes. He's unbelievable. He's one of the best defensemen that I've seen in a while. And, you know, he did an amazing job in this series. I think the Ducks fought hard. And they got they the did. puck they to the net. They really, really attacked Pecorino in game five. I mean, they had double the amount of shots on goal. I mean, they attacked him. It's just so hard when you have your backup goalie in. He only gave up two goals in that game. That was it. But it, the the Ducks can only get one goal. That Peke Rini had so many amazing saves. With if it was any other goalie, they would have probably scored five goals in the just in that game alone. Well, he leads every playoff statistical category for a goaltender. You know, wins, save percentage. You know, all this, all the good stuff that you want to see out of a goaltender. He's had in this playoffs. And you know what? He's been. He's the active leading goaltender that has not been to a Stanley Cup final. He has 32 games under his belt of just playoff experience. Right. You know, this is this is a good team. It's a young team. It's not a team that's had much experience in the Stanley Cup. I think if you look on the flip side of things, you got Ottawa versus the Penguins. I think the Penguins win that. I don't know for sure. Especially though. that beatdown in that game five. Seven to one. I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. Seven to one, but if it goes six or seven, I mean, I think the Penguins win. I don't know whether or not it's going to go six or seven though. Um, but you know what? This Penguins team's been there, and they have the experience. So you're going to see an upstart mm-hmm. team with you know a very rowdy fan base that's hungry, and all you know players that are hungry. They had on that Sunday when they came back in the Nashville, they had thousands of people lining the oh, streets yeah. in the airport. So it's just. You know, a really good job by those fans, and they're very passionate about their hockey team. So it'll be an interesting matchup for sure. But you have to give credit for the Ducks, how hard they fought, you know, how well they played. Because, you know, you talk about Peke Rene. We can see her talk about it on air, but when I was watching the game live, like I'm sure you had too. Did you watch game five? I did watch game five live. And you're just thinking, like, how the Ducks were attacking. They had so many opportunities to score, and some of those goal shots – you're just like, how did he save that? What? What? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Seeing it live and just seeing it, you know, and just in real time, it just blew my mind. Like, this guy is great. I mean, it, it kind of went down the defense and on their penalty kill. Their penalty kill did yes. an amazing job in this series. And I remember watching, you know, from game one, they expanded their box out and they put pressure on them all the way up to the blue line. And that's an amazing job by their defense. And they got, you know what the Anaheim Ducks did a good job of was getting the puck to the net. But you know what? They just couldn't get it in. It's it's really tough when you have such a good goaltender out there and such a good defense playing against you. Yes. So, you know, I, I really like this Predators team. It's going to be a fun series no matter they, who they were pretty they play. evenly matched until we lost Gibson or the Ducks lost Gibson. <laughs> yeah, the Ducks lost Gibson. And that's tough. But you know what? You got to kind of overcome it. Um, but yeah, it was a great season regardless. They, they didn't quit. They didn't quit, and that's something that you can hang your hat on. And you know what? I like this team. I like it a lot. And, uh, and the future's bright. You know, a lot of people think, oh, the window's closing. The window's – it's not. Oh, you're losing – you're my – you know, Getzloff's getting older pairs. It's a, it's a good run. It's a great run organization. They got a lot of young people coming in. It's just kind of like when, you know, Getze and, and Corey Perry, when they were coming up under the Solani and the Niedermeyer brothers – but you know, it, and you now know, they're they, they're they the veterans. A, a fantastic job of finding young guys. Just a fantastic job. Do you look at all the ex ducks in the league? Like they're they're all in. I mean, there's a lot that are in the playoffs. Look at the Penguins. Nick Bonino, 
Chris Kunitz. I mean, Carl Hagelin. All these guys played for the Ducks. It's, it's not just one guy that's been leading the team. And you can kind of say that the team runs off of Getzloff. And he's really good, and he shows why he's really good. But you have to look at the people that are around him, and they have an unbelievable job of finding talent in this league and, you know, finding the right guys to fit their system. They're kind of like, you know, the Spurs in a way. They're kind of like the Spurs. I mean, like, they're getting older. They got all these guys yes. that are getting older. But they still have some really good young players. And uh, I and think this Ducks look pretty bright, you know. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, I know it's 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 a bummer today. I know a lot of the, you know, you know, like you, the loyal Duck fans are, you know, kind of heartbroken. But at the same time, it's the future does look bright. So hopefully this will help the mourning process. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you get some learning experience from this for these young guys, you know, especially Rakar Raquel and like Campus Lindholm. But the very young guys that they've signed for many years, like six plus years, I think. Um, so you're going to have them for a long time and they understanding how the process works and how to, you know, you know, carry yourself on ice and off the ice has been a great job by Getzloff and all the leadership of the team. So we'll, we'll see how it, you know, ends up next year. But you, you always celebrate when you're the first team and you're uh, when you win first place in your division, you always celebrate. I mean, you did right. an unbelievable job in this regular season. You got very close against a really hot Nashville team. I mean, they beat the Black the best Hawks. goalkeeper, and they still, you know, the Ducks still had an opportunity to win this series. They, That's the, the two, crazy thing. The two teams that I was most scared of in before the playoffs started was the Blackhawks and the Blues, and the Predators beat both of them. So, you know. Looking at it, the Predators are a really good team. I know you look at the seeds and you think in other sports, you're like, oh, well, the eight seeds, not not in hockey. Not in yeah. hockey by any means. Well, the I mean, LA Kings both won both their Stanley Cups as an eight right. seed. Because when they were the top seed, when they had Wayne the Great, Gretzky, they lost to uh, Montreal Canadiens. Ooh. Canadians. The Canadians. And it's the last time a Canadian team has won the NHL Stanley Cup. Imagine that. Yeah, that's right a long here time. in Los Angeles. Although they got, they got, I think they got every single team from Canada in the playoffs this year. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, that is impressive. So you know, it looks bright in Canada as well. No, ho- hockey's here to stay, and it's just, it's just that this sport is, uh, you know, it's growing, it's, it's getting bigger, and it, you know, it, it's kind of like a world sport. It is a world sport. Yeah. I mean, you, it's not going to be very many of the hot weather climates you're going to get very many players from. Um, I mean, you don't, you're don't, you not going to see too many South American players or, you know, anywhere that has a warm temperature. You're not going to really see them. They usually play soccer or anything like that. Um, but you look at where they get from, you know, the cold weather. You got Canada. Sweden was producing some amazing talent, and you you think of how big Sweden is. It's not very big of a country, and how many good NHL players come from there. Oh yes, unbelievable. I mean, like you could on both of these teams, there's like a long rap sheet of Swedish players that have been an unbelievable job in these playoffs. Rakar Vakel Swedish, Lindholm Swedish, and those are two young guns for the Ducks that are both Swedes. So you know, you look around. The future the world, looks bright. I, yeah, and the best player is American, and the other best player is Russian. So, I mean, it goes pretty much everywhere. Duck fans, you could quack, quack, hold your heads up high because this is a really good team, and you know they're going to be back in the thick of things next year. You, yeah, you, they'll be back. I mean, this is a never-can-die attitude, which is good. Especially on this show. Never die. Never Keep fighting. Die. Well, speaking of world sports, we have another world sport, football. Football. Juventus versus Real Madrid Ooh. for the... That's gonna be a fun one. Yes, it's, it's now that I know Real Madrid's stacked, but Juventus is a is a 
kind of like that younger team has now kind of matured a little bit. A little bit. I, I think the one thing that you look for at Juventus is they have arguably the best defense. They didn't give up any goals in the Champions League besides one. Very stingy defense. year old to Mara, you know, uh, mm. Monaco, the one that I really like a lot. That's, that's seven. He's 18. He just turned 18. Yes. Just turned 18. I and know. He, and he was unbelievable. He's going to make a lot of money in soccer. Like, yeah, you heard it here first. I predicted Lonzo Ball, number two overall pick. I predicted. Well, I don't know. You know we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get into that in, that in a little bit. But Just, yeah. I predicted that the Lakers would get Lonzo Ball. You heard it here first, even before the lottery. Um, but I think you look at uh, the world of soccer in general, and Juventus has one of the best defenses they around. They do. Danny Alves is playing out of his mind right now. Out of his mind. He's been doing an unbelievable job. He's been scoring goals, and as a defender, that's really tough to do. Um, and then you look at the other guys that they have. They got Bonucci, who's very good. You got Giorgio Chiellini, very good defenders who've been there for a long time. And then you look on the other side, you got Alex Santos, who's an unbelievable goal scorer as well. So you got guys that can do an amazing job for Juventus. And let's not forget G. Luigi Buffon, 42 years old in the goalkeeping position. He's unbelievable, and he's still the, one of the best in the world. So One of the best in the world. And I tell you, I had the, the pleasure of being in Germany at the time of the World Cup in 2006, and Buffon was amazing. I mean, the way he cut the ball out of the net. I mean, he had some amazing saves during that tournament and uh, ultimately the famous Zidane headbutt Zidane. game, you know. <laughs> All this other crazy stuff, but even with it came down to the penalty kicks and he blocked two of the penalty kicks Jeez. and was able to uh, get them past, you know, that unbelievable French team coming off that uh, ni- 1999 victory. Yeah. They have they had a squad back then. They were really good, but and on the flip side of things, you got Real Madrid. Real Madrid is unbelievable. They have so stacked. much talent. Camisero, you know, they they got those big 3 of Benzema, Gareth Bale, Cristiano Ronaldo. It's it's really tough. And then you look at their their midfield, and you got Luka Modric, and you got all these guys that get that are unbelievable performers. Isco, and then you look at their defense, and you're like, oh, they're almost as good as Juventus, in my opinion. I think they're right. I think they're equal in terms. Sergio Ramos. You know, they got all these. I mean, they got some some of the best strikers in the world. And that's what puts the pressure on Juventus. But like you said, Juventus is a little bit younger and they they just such a great team defense. They do. But you know what? At the same time, Real Madrid has my favorite goalie in the World Cup besides Tim Howard. I take it second favorite goalie in the World Cup and Keylor Navas for Costa Rica. Unbelievable job by him um, this year to come in to play on a big stage from such a small right. island is a very impressive thing to do. Um, and I think this Real Madrid team is going to be tough to stop. It's going to be really tough for them to stop. But uh, Juventus has be been here before. Series. You know, they, they've been in these championship games and, and they've, they've always been Real coming Madrid. up short and they usually play Real Madrid. But I think this is the time where Juventus gets over the hump. You think so? I think so. It's going to be up to guys like Pablo Dialba and, you know, Mario Mandzukic. And let's not forget Gonzalo Higuain to get it done and you know that that's the big offense right there is you know they're the big three of Juventus and then there's the big three of Real Madrid so you get the the world class 
final that we've been looking for. So June 3rd, stay tuned for that one because that's going to be a Who heck of a match. Who do you think going to win? Who do you think going to win? I'm going for Juventus. I got a lot of buddies at work that uh, they just love Juventus and, you know, I got yeah. a little inside information. They just feel like they this is the time they're going to get over the hump. Well, you know, I'm not, I, I'm rooting for Juventus, but I think Real Madrid is going to win. There's just there's so much talent. So much talent. Well, we shall see. Stay tuned June 3rd for that. But getting into the NBA, of course. Speaking we of talent. The, well, the Golden State Warriors, amazing. Swept their way to the finals. All right, I'm going to say it. I'm coming out on a limb. I'm walking the plank. The Warriors are the best basketball team we have ever seen, period. You, the, in terms of, of their ability to have one person go off, I mean, and then you have one guy have a tough night and then have someone else step up. The, the passing game is exactly like what the Spurs had in all those years since 99 pretty much. This, they have pretty much a great passing system, very unselfish play, and they've got players that want to play and want to win. And I was watching the, the when they got the trophy ceremony, and they were just all joking around, and they have such great team chemistry. Yes, they do. Unbelievable team chemistry. It, it is. A great camaraderie. And you know, it took a couple months at the beginning of the season for Steph Curry and Clay Thompson to you know, merge in with uh, Kevin Durant, but now they're just clicking on all cylinders, and we knew this was going to happen. I mean, they got the the firepower. This is by far the best offensive team I've seen. Yeah, I can't say it's the greatest team I've seen because I because I, I look at both ends of the floor, but you know, also too, the game has changed so much. And when you had a dominant center like a Shaquille O'Neal in the center, no one can guard him. It took two, sometimes triple teams. It it just changed the whole complexities how you play defense. However. This I'm not knocking Gold State Warriors in this era by far is the, the greatest team I've seen. Well, they, they have the best defense in the league. But they have they, one they, championship. They okay. gotta get, they gotta get they, past they, their nemesis, the Cleveland on. Cavaliers. Hold on, okay, <laughs> okay, I struck fir- a chord here. The first time they won, okay, I'll give you that. They had of the 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 five players that were the all. NBA team. Four of them got injured, so it was a little or, well. Technically, the three teams that they played in the Western Conference, they're all pro. Got injured, so you got Marcus All got injured. You had James Harden get injured, and you had Anthony Davis get injured. So you know what? And then you also get there, and you have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love injured. So you know, 2014. I mean, I I don't ever call a championship a fluke, but you know, it was it was pretty easy road to get there i'm not gonna knock what they did by any means i'm just saying like you get you have their main player get injured and then you look at this year and they haven't lost a game they haven't lost a game but in the previous two years they've been losing games and having deep series i mean this is a team that is built for this built for one reason one reason only and that's well, to win championships well the spurs were a little bit crippled they lost their best player in game one because that was a game they could have relatively do you, stole do you think the spurs could have had a chance oh, I, to beat them i i think they could have won a couple of games absolutely how many games do you think it would have gone six maybe seven no oh I absolutely i think it goes five i, I think the they most. were if they were f- full health full strength they were already without tony parker and they still had opportunity to win game one you know I, up 23 points and Kawhi goes out and they lose by two I, that's the one game they win. You know, that's uh, they that's how, because easily could have stole that game. First half it would have been a different terrible. scenario at home. But you know, losing those guys against a great team like the Golden State Warriors, you you can't be shorthanded and playing a team like that. Did you hear about Zaza Pachulia? And his children, you know, had to leave. Well, his children got a a, a threat at the school, and the school had to like go on lockdown. 
Because, yeah. That's it, a I mean, shame. Exactly. And, you know, people were putting such emphasis. He, what, are you going to, you know, I'm giving right back to this, this argument. But he rolled his ankle on his own teammates on the bench for like two minutes before that. Are you going to, you know, be mad at that teammate for having his things, foot there? Things happen in playoff basketball. Things are going to happen. Sometimes a dirty play happens. Doesn't mean he's a dirty player. I wasn't even saying that on the last show. I was just saying that I felt that was a dirty play, but I don't think he should be ridiculed. No, I don't think he should I, be beat I, down. I don't think his what, kids should be harassed. It, I mean, come it, on. Well, let's be adults here. Lawsuit against him. I mean, there's some fans that are just, you know, this is I, ridiculous. It's playoff basketball. It's yeah. not like the Spurs are going gonna you go. Know. Go get some tape. Of what '80s basketball was like with Lakers, yeah, Celtics, or the Pistons. Yeah. You know how those. I mean, Michael Jordan. Give you an example. The Pistons. Dennis Rodman's job, you know, was to beat down every time Michael Jordan came into the basket. He was knocking him to the floor every single time. They were knocking him to the floor. Nowadays, that'd be a flagrant foul. But back then, that's how they played. So you talk about rolling an ankle? Come on. Leave the guy alone. I know. It's just it's too much, man. It's too much when you start, you know, going beyond, above and beyond. At the end of the day, they're still humans too. Is it going to be Warrior Celtics? No. <laughs> no, it's not, but I I think the Celtics could steal one game. I Well, they really, got the, they did steal the game. I honestly I've no never one, seen this, this from Cleveland, LeBron. Uh, you know what? LeBron just had one bad game. I mean, 10 straight playoff games of scoring over 30 points a game. The guy scores 11 points. Okay, I get I, it. He, I understand that, but in the last Well, what happened to the finals, rest of the team? What about the last two finals? Has he done that? Has he done that? In the last two finals, has he scored they said less? He, than, they no. said he hasn't had a bad game since 2014. Exactly. Since 2014 regular season, I I'll, he was no no in the playoffs like one the of the first or second round you know somewhere in there he had a let's look at his finals guys had bad games and that it, was unbelievable I mean, yeah we shouldn't be beating we, this guy I'm down. not gonna beat him up I'm saying <laughs> I know you're not game. but all all the all I hear is you know LeBron did this oh he only scored 11 points it's his fault why they lost no, no it's, it's not. not it's a team what sport. happened with the rest of the guys. Yeah. Well, you know what? The first two games. They had a 20-point lead at halftime. What happened to it? The They're, first two games, you had their top three players score for 60 points. Yeah. Like, that's tough to overcome. I mean, it, it, on any basketball team, you, you, you put – and it's even more than – I put – it's 70-plus from three guys. I mean, and then you look at what the bench did, and the bench is, like, contributing seven – nine. You know, all, like – I assure you, and, it's going to be a blowout tonight and I, and a – Cleveland's going to close it out in Boston in Game Five. We'll this series is over. We'll see. I, I like because the one good Smart. thing about all this ne- not not from us, but all this negative you know media attention or publicity that uh, the Cleveland's getting right now, all the ridicule that just fuel that just fires them. Because I know Kobe fed off that back in his playoff days, and he would have monster games the next game. But you know what? I don't count out these Celtics. Don't don't count out the Celtics. Do not. No, no. Count no out you, the you you don't count them out. Absolutely not. This is a. a, a it shows what happened in the last game. I'm not saying they that won they, that game that and they did it without. Series. Yeah, I, I agree. You don't count out anybody, especially as far as they gotten. But I mean, the play of Marcus Smart has been unbelievable this year, or not this year, but in this the the, the previous game especially, he started to get a good jump shot, and that's the one thing that was just a big knock on him. And he could, and you look at. I'm not here. Yeah, to, the future looks bright for Boston, it, and they got the number one overall pick. Oh, they're looking so good. And anyways. They are a team that's a next man up type of situation. Isaiah Thomas, not that he is so good offensively, 
But on defense, he's really, really not that good. I mean, his defensive percentage is tough because he's only he's a short guy. Like I don't want to be Chris you know, Paul's short, and he's a great defensive. Chris Paul is taller than than Isaiah Thomas. You think about how you know some of these point guards. What, the point what guard is he six one? Chris Paul six three. Okay. Isaiah Thomas is five eight. I mean, that's a pretty big difference. Like in terms of arm length to try to block a shot or like make a disruption. Isaiah Thomas is not going to have that, and you need that against a guy like Kyrie Irving. So Marcus Smart playing against Kyrie Irving is a great matchup for them. I think Jay Crowder, is, it's always going to be tough for him and LeBron. you got to help, and then that allows them to drive and kick the ball, and they just miss shots at the end of the game. Simple as that. Cleveland yeah. just missed shots. Do I think that they're going to win the series? Do I think they could potentially sneak one? Maybe. I don't think it, I say I it's over in five. I hope it's not over in five. Because Cleveland's going to be angry. It's going to be like, you know what? We're going we're to put it first. <laughs> so I hope it doesn't end in five. No, it's good. It's good to get a little bit of a break so we can enjoy a little bit of hockey and actually just enjoy one sport at a time. Then the NBA Finals comes up. Then you have the the big uh, Euro champion game. And then, plus, coming up next, we're going to have Kenny Jones. And Matt and I are actually going to stick around because we're going to talk about what happened in the English Premier League. Oh, I'm so the excited. The conclusion that. of that league. So you need to stay tuned for that, ladies and gentlemen, because that's going to be good. Oh, yeah. And you're going to not only to have us two, but you can have a true Brit in studio talking football. Football. <laughs> I can't. I can't do a British accent. One of the few accents I cannot. I know do. Joan is the most hopeful. Tea and crumpets. <laughs> I don't know. I Real quick, I want to recognize some UCI students. So we got a UCI women's track and field sending four ladies to the NCAA tournament. Uh, Barbara Cower for discus. Megan George for the hundred meter hurdles. Tyra Jones for the hundred meter hurdles. And. Um, is it Persis William Mensa for the hundred meters? So congratulations, congratulations to all those ladies. Them, you know they're going to represent UCI in the NCAA tournament. So hey. I have a. I, sorry to interrupt. No, you, no, it's all right. But I have I have UCI news. Do you know which UCI sport won the club team of the year? Will that be our Quidditch team? The Quidditch team beat out the tennis team. The Quidditch team wow. won the club. Hey, we got some really year. great tennis players, but are you kidding? I, 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 I'm telling you, for them, this school to go to Florida, it's unbelievable. I mean, you look at how many Quidditch teams there are out there. There's so many, and you, it's all just one college. Some of them have, like, community of people, so unbelievable job to really create something special here and, and get on the ground floor. I mean, it's hard. if you look at like the marketing curve, you know, they're the innovators. Okay, they're innovating this right now. I mean, they, it's starting to, and eventually it's going to lead to the, you know, more people showing up and more people wanting to play because it's like hybrid of We still need ball. to get out to Aldridge Circle and oh, check I them know. out. It's, it's it's fun. I saw them play once. It's, I gotta, it's It looks like fun. I want to play it. <laughs> It's just a crazy sport. But speaking of French Open, I got a quick little news tidbit for you. Novak Djokovic hired Andre Agassi to train him for the French Open. So Rafi Nadal, Djokovic, he's coming after you. That's just so smart. (laughs) But Nadal's at the top of his game. I mean, I'm still going for the favorite. I say Nadal's going to take... Take right. the tournament. I mean, it's is clay, it on clay? clay? Yeah. yeah, it's on clay's. Yeah, this this will conclude clay season, but this is also going to include another episode of Sports Matters. <laughs> stick around if you want to hear some soccer. Yeah, I, yeah, the sports talk is going to keep going. You gotta, you know, for the people that believe in you, you have to give them their due. 
And I, I give my love to my grandmas. Both Absolutely. My, my grandma, Phyllis. And listen, ladies Pat, and gentlemen. And good morning, Mrs. Jacobs, wherever you are. My kindergarten teacher. I got to I got to give love. There we go. Uh, SoundCloud. We are on SoundCloud now. All you got to do is type in Sports Matters Radio Host, and bam, you'll get this copy of this podcast. But stay tuned for the next segment.